Today on the Dad the Best I Can show. What's one thing you got from Jesse and a BYLR that you apply to your dad life every day? But one of the things when it comes to parenting is I don't have and, and I do and I still do it, but I I don't have wasted days with my kids. Like I think that I have a certain amount of time to to be around them, to be influential to them, to be a father to them. Obviously, I'll be a father until the day I die, and even past that. But like, there's going to be a time. They're now in ninth grade. They're in ninth grade. Yesterday, they were in first grade. Tomorrow, they'll be in college. And so, if you think about the amount of days I travel, the amount of days I work, and then their life, like I, if you really boil that, how many days? do I really have with them? Hey now, welcome to the Dad the Best I Can show. My name is Rob Roseman, who wants to be a millionaire legend, Chicago futures trader, Vegas poker pro. Now I'm a dad to three kids, ages six, four, and one. Phew, wears me out just thinking about it. Each week we're bringing on dads like you to tell us your stories, your tips and tricks to help all of us make it through dad life. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get on with the show. All right, welcome to the Dad the Best I Can show, Build Your Life Resume Special Edition. We are lucky to be joined by Chad Sanchagrin. How's it going today, Chad? What's up, brother? How's it going? Thanks for having me, man. This is this is exciting to be on to be on your podcast. I'm I'm telling you, I'm living the dream. That's awesome. I appreciate it, Chad. Where are you calling in from? So I am north of Baltimore. So I am about 45 minutes north of Baltimore on the East Coast and celebrating finally a day that is above 50 degrees. I think it's 52 degrees. So <laughs> it's the sun is out. It is a good, good day today. That is a good day. We're here and I was just in Florida. We're here in Atlanta. We don't know how spoiled we are down here. Oh my gosh. You don't even know. Like I've, I've never... I've never wished for winter to be gone so bad in all my life. It was a brutal, brutal winter, but I think, I think we're over the crux of it. I think we're over like cold for you guys is like 40, right? If you get to 40 degrees. Yeah. Here's it's been zero. It's been zero and snow everywhere. So, uh, I think we've finally made the turn to where I can, I can see some sun again. So Chad, you are a dad to two kids. How old are they? Uh, 14-year-old twins, identical twin girls. Oh, my gosh. That's that's yeah. uh, teenage daughters <laughs> and twins. You're, uh... And twins, yeah. I'm completely outnumbered because even at, we have two dogs. We have two labs, and they're both girls. And we have – and obviously my wife is a, is a woman, and then my um, – even we have a pet rabbit, Mabel, which is a girl. So I'm, I'm surrounded. All right. At least you, – but you're, you're a tall guy. How tall are you? 6'8". Six eight, or surrounded by a bunch of women and pets. Yeah. You're, uh, yeah. Did you did you know this was? I mean, everybody always says, "Oh, wait till their teenage daughters." You knew this was coming, but did you, were you prepared yeah. for what you're dealing with? Uh, you know, I no, no. I thought I was. I thought I was, but now we're now they're in high school, and now it's taken on a whole like my. They're they're talking about um, spray tans and and boy dances they go to an all-girls catholic school and they and i had this idea that well okay well there's no boys well that's not entirely true there's no boys in the school but they have a a brother school which nobody failed everybody failed to mention to me where they (laughs) like 
partner up and do dances and they do events and socialize. I'm like, no, 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 no. It says right here on the brochure, all girls. It doesn't say cis brother schools. So as I was living in La La Land, the reality is, is that they're into the boy craze now. And um, I don't think I'm prepared for it. I'm getting yeah, there. we were getting we there. were we were boys once, you know. We're everywhere. That's and, exactly uh, right. <laughs> I was living I was living in a fantasy world. <laughs> I'm gonna look you up in like 12 years after you've gone through this. You can give me some uh, oh, some pointers. Yeah, I can tell you if you if you wanna if you wanna look me up in 12 years, I'll be in the funny farm. Just go find the closest <laughs> funny farm in 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 Maryland. I'll be there. You have like the ultimate um, uh, radio voice. Like you got like uh, you got like the the ideal like listen to me voice i was gonna say the same thing to you you should be doing sports radio or something <laughs> i'm telling you i was like listening to your podcast i'm like man i could fall asleep to that voice <laughs> like you know like back in the day i remember when i was um i think i'm much older than you but back in the day where i would literally list fall asleep listening to the sports announcer's name sports announcer for the baltimore orioles oh god what was his name anyway i could fall asleep oh, to that john voice. miller like, was it john miller then john miller Oh yeah, so John good. Miller. He, he came down. Uh, I, I'm from Miami. He came down to Miami eventually. He was one of the best. Him and like Vince Scully. Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. Like you like fall asleep and like that's before like there was all you, you didn't even care. Like there's no ESPN or anything, so you had to listen to the game if you wanted the scores. And you're like you could fall asleep like listening to it. That's I, your voice. I, I miss those days. I'd sit in the car with the radio on. I listen to it like a. a oh. There's nothing better than like a slow paced baseball game. Oh my gosh, so good! Yeah, so so good. Now it's 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 so it's again it's different. Everything's different now, but yeah, it's completely different now. Because now you now now you don't even like watch the full game. You're like, oh, I watch, I can watch like a uh, ten clips of it on ESPN, or you know, it's, it's yeah, check the different. box score. Yeah, I know baseball is kind yeah. of dying out, and I want my we're going to baseball practice today. I want my kids to be playing because I I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. My kids, my kids never. I've, I've never had girls. So I never played. I was never a baseball player because I'm so tall. It's like I just that was never my thing. I was always basketball. But the um, I'm gonna have to ask you. Yeah. I just tried coaching basketball and it was a shit show. <laughs> Five and six year olds, <laughs> probably a little young for basketball. But man, I was like, yeah. I didn't know what to. Oh my gosh, that's funny. I was at I was at I was at tryouts last night for AAU until 11:30 last night. So I, I coached two teams year-round so i coached two travel teams and then two aau teams um for the last six years how old are those kids girl um well, i have a ninth grade team that my daughters are on and then i have an eighth grade team that i've just that i don't have any kids on that i've just kind of inherited years ago that's so, boys or eighth and all girls girls right. all girls my friend actually says yeah. he likes it better he thinks coaching girls is easier and he coaches his girls basketball team Oh yeah, I love it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have, I don't know anything about boys. So I don't have anything fair to, but I'll tell you the girls, um, girls are pretty easy. It, when they started, you know, going through puberty, it was a little difficult. But um, I remember one, one game, one of my players was running down the court. This was two years ago, so seventh grade, sixth or seventh grade. She was running down the court, and this is one of my better players, running down the court during the game, and she runs runs over and she's like close to me but probably 10 feet and she says coach coach do you have any tampons in your bag i went i went i went what and she goes tampons i, I just got my period i i do you have any tampons i'm like like what world am i in like where, how did i get here 
And so, so from that point on, in my basketball bag, I now had to, I've from that day on, I've had to carry tampons. I know all about them because my players will come to me and they'll be like, yeah, "Coach, I need, I need a timeout. I got, I got my period." I'm like, "All right, so like now it's no longer." Uh, um, like doesn't shock me anymore. And like as as a guy, I mean, three years ago, you probably knew zero about that stuff, right? That's, so, that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Now, I'm, now, I'm, now, I'm, now, I'm, especially with daughters, now I'm an expert. Now yeah. I'm like I'm even the guy that will go in and buy them in the grocery store. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I got this. I don't. I'm, I'm cool. I'm all right. That's how you know. That's how you know you've made it to fatherhood of girls when the thought of buying tampons in the grocery store doesn't embarrass you anymore like you're like yeah, whatever I'm, i got i have twin i have teenage daughters right you know, yeah yeah how, how your life gets here it's just crazy i know that's my father-in-law he grew up with all sisters and he's like yeah they gave me a training bro when i was like uh eight or something <laughs> right. i think it's good I, i've heard a lot of people say it's good for men to have daughters we talk a lot or we've been talking a lot about that so you could probably yeah on that too so yeah yeah, they've made uh, they've made me better in so many ways. I can't even begin to tell you the amount of ways that I'm sure having boys would have I would have adapted to and I you know, would have learned and grow grew. But having girls made me such a better person because I there's so many things I was blissfully unaware of. Like I just did not know what I didn't know. I was just unconsciously incompetent about and having girls made me become consciously incompetent. Because now I knew there was a deficit of what I didn't know, and it forced me to learn things to become consciously competent about certain things, and things that I really hold dear to my dear to my moral code now. But I would have absolutely never knew most of those struggles had I not had girls. So Chad, Chad, we connected through the man Jesse Itzler and his uh, Build Your Life resume course. Um, the best ever. He offers so many great things, but I think what really resonated with me and what what I liked about Jesse, you know, there's a lot of great, you know motivational guys out there but was how he does all these things and he raises four kids under 10 years old with his wife yeah. sarah yeah it's, it's insane right it's crazy and listen i've 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 got to know jesse well I've, I've been to his house i've spent time with him and here's what's crazy you you go to his house and you walk in and there's not like a professional chef and 12 maids and a chauffeur and you know it's not like he has a I think sometimes we have this idea in our mind that these highly successful people who have kids, they just contract all that stuff out. Like they're not, they're certainly not giving baths and making breakfast and taking them to school. I got to tell you, when I went there and I've spent, again, I've been there a couple of times, I've spent time with them. It, it is, it is very real. Like it is very, you take his house, the, his living inside his house and compared to my house or a friend's house or people I've seen, it's the exact same. Like maybe the, maybe the gingerbread is different. Maybe his kitchen island is a little bit bigger. Maybe his faucets are nicer, but the, the, the crux of the family, the exact same. It is insane because you have this mind. I think a lot of people, at least I did of how people lived when they have ultra, when they're ultra successful, they have all these stats and it wasn't like that at all. That's Unless amazing. they were hiding them all in the closet, yeah. but I don't think that was the case. I'm saying there was <laughs> there was there was crayons laying on the counter. There was family pictures on the refrigerator. It was a normal American household of craziness. And I've seen like his wife making pancakes and Jesse taking them to school. Matter of fact, the last time I was there, Jesse, we were in. It was like two o'clock. He goes, "I got to go," and like 
I'm here in from Maryland. I'm like, what do you mean? I got to go pick up the kids from school. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I got to go right. get the kids from school. So, you know, I think that it's people got to, I think to me, they, it's, it's, it's amazing because it is. And that's why I was so drawn to him and his Build Your Life resume class. Anybody who, I'm telling you, there's a million online classes. Anybody that takes one that is not BYLR is no offense to the other classes. I obviously haven't taken them all. Is missing the boat. Like spend the money. It's so cheap too to just do the BYLR class. It's 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 different than anything I've ever experienced. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, he's so relatable. I think that's why he's uh, connecting with so many people. What's one thing you got from Jesse and a BYLR that you apply to your dad life every day? I think for me, um, one of the things, the one, the one. Uh, well, I'm a big Jesse fan, and I learned a lot from his course but one of the things that really um stuck out for me was no no zero days like no wasted days and i think a lot of people have different perspectives on that and i take it from a lot of different perspectives like i can see it from this perspective i can see that perspective but one of the things when it comes to parenting is i don't have and, and I do, and I still do it, but I I don't have wasted days with my kids. Like I think that I have a certain amount of time to to be around them, to be influential to them, to be a father to them. Obviously, I'll be a father until the day I die, and, and even past that. But like, there's going to be a time. They're now in ninth grade. They're in ninth grade. Yesterday, they were in first grade. Tomorrow, they'll be in college, and so. If you think about the amount of days I travel, the amount of days I work, and then their life, like I, if you really boil that, how many days do I really have with them? So there, you know, I I don't have I I don't have the luxury or the ability to have a wasted day, a day where I'm not trying to build that relationship, the the day where I'm not trying to help program them to be better people, to program them to see life as you know, with gratitude or whatever. Like, to me, it's crucial. Now, it doesn't mean like every minute of every day is, you know, fun Bobby, rainbows and unicorns. But what it means is you have to have this awareness that, you know, those days are quickly numbered. And when he says no zero days, there, there are days that I'm tired where I've been traveling or I've been working where I don't want to, yesterday was a great example. I was so tired because we had tryouts the night before. I had gotten up. I had calls all day yesterday. And I had gotten home. And we had – I got home like at 4 o'clock. And my kids got home at 4 o'clock. And we had basketball tryouts at 6. Well, my kids, my wife a couple weeks ago had bought a puzzle, this big 2,000-piece puzzle. And she said, I want us to put a puzzle. I want us to put this on the dining room table and us each night to do a little bit of putting a puzzle together. Now, we've never done this. Well. We put that puzzle together in less than a week, and my kids were were like enamored by it. These are fourteen year old girls, and so we got a new puzzle yesterday. It came in the mail, came from Amazon, came in the mail, and so I'm sitting on the couch and I'm thinking I'm exhausted and I got to go to basketball tryouts in two hours. And I hadn't seen my kids all morning, and we were going to be at basketball tryouts in the night, and they were in doing the puzzle, and they were dead, dead. Come in and come in and do the corners, like do the corners of the puzzle. And my mind immediately was immediately was like, man, I just, I just, I just want to relax. I have a headache. I want to. I just want to relax and then go tryouts for four hours. 
But immediately I hear that, that mantra in the back of my head, no zero days, no zero days. There's going to be a day where I'm going to want to do a puzzle and they're not going to be here. And so I immediately that like sprung into my head and I was like, all right, I'll come right in. And for the next hour and 30 minutes, we sat at the table, there was no electronics and we put the puzzle together. Now that may be a small sliver, but that was a, that was a defining moment on that day that said, you got to you got to do the right things for the right reasons and this is this is where i'm supposed to be right here putting this puzzle together does that make sense i know it probably sounds hokey but for me that's 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 to me is cuz it's so we get caught up in this this idea of our lives and we're on this hamster wheel and eventually our kids are going to get off the hamster wheel they're going to start their own they're going to get on their own hamster wheel and we're going to be on ours, and the hamster wheels are going to separate. And right now we're on the same one, and I better be willing to get on it with them because eventually they're going to be on their own hamster wheel, and I'm going to be left by myself. That sounds dire, but to me that's kind of what goes through my head. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, I'm, I'm mostly impressed that you did a 2,000-piece puzzle. We did 1,000, <laughs> and we almost lost our mind. That's and I'll have you know what's funny is they did I, – when I said I did the corners, like, I can do the corners, the edges, because I think that's the easiest part, and they know it. So they're like, Dad, come and do the corners. And I'm like, all right, I'll do the corners. Like they give me, they're doing all the hard work. They're doing the heavy lifting. Right, right, so, right. You take the all black, all blue sky yeah. in the middle, right? <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm very good at it, mind you. I'm very good at the, at the all blue sky. And, of course, this puzzle is like an 80s puzzle. It's got like all the 80s shows. It's got friends and they've been binge watching like friends and all these shows now. So they're, they're, they're very excited. They've already ordered the next puzzle. So I don't know. I'm like, this one's going to be, this one's going to be difficult. And they're like, no, we're going to have this one done by Sunday. Like, all right. right. Wow. I like it. Yeah. I just, I just brought a hundred piece home. We're going to, we're going to knock that out in, in 20 minutes. So. <laughs> Nothing like a sense of accomplishment. Yeah. We bring grandma in when we got the thousand, she's the master. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I never, I, look, I, and what's crazy is one of the girls, one of the girls that's on our team, on the AU team that's trying out, she lives probably a couple miles away. And her father had asked me the night before if, if I could take her, if we could take her to the tryouts and he would pick her up. So I said, sure, no problem. So it was about 530, 5, I don't know, 5.20, something like that. We'd been working on the puzzle for a little over an hour. And she rang the doorbell. She must have, she got dropped off. She rang the doorbell. And she walked in, and I went past the door, walked in, and she saw us sitting there doing the puzzle. And we said, oh, Burns, her, name, her last name is Burns. Burns, do you want to help us do the puzzle? And she had this look of, like, bewilderment on her face. And she said, "And we said, do you want to do a puzzle? And Madison, one of my daughters, said, yeah, we, we, we do puzzles together. And she sat down, and she goes, my family's never done a puzzle together. And she goes, we just, and she wasn't saying it like in a, you know, somehow we're less than because we don't do puzzles. But in her mind, it was, it was so odd that we would sit at the table with no electronics and put a puzzle together. And for me, even, I'll be honest, when we first, my wife first came up with this idea, it sounded okay in theory, but it's taken on much more than that. Like it is. Again, we're on this rat race, and it is a time forever long. It's an hour a day for 20 minutes a day for whatever it's going to be for us to just sit and talk and do a puzzle together. Like, it's it's so weird. It's so healthy, but it's so weird in this day and age because we're so used to communicating through electronics. We're, we're, we're so on the run where, you know, 
is for us just to stop and take a breath and to put a puzzle together. I would have never thought about, but that's why my wife is a genius and I'm, I'm married to her. Well, you're a genius because you married your wife. You don't give yourself <laughs> yeah, some credit. That's right. right. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's right. That's, that's right. the best move I made in my life is marrying my wife. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Marry, marry up. She's a doc. My wife's a doctor. And I said, we'd always have a doctor in the family. I just had to marry into it to get one. So <laughs> let's take a quick break for our dad tip of the week brought to you by kickstart reading. Do you have kids between the ages of three and six? I've got two boys, and when my older son was going into kindergarten, my wife and I quickly learned that we had no idea how to teach him how to read. We found Kickstart Reading and watched one two-minute video together, and you could see his confidence take off. Bonus, I felt like dad of the year. Here's another dad talking about how Kickstart Reading is helping his boys learn how to read. Hey there, this is Chris Heller, and I'm a big fan of Kickstart Reading. Each morning before school, I show a video to my four-and-a-half-year-old son, and now his little two-year-old brother is getting in on the action as well. I'm a big fan of the videos, highly consumable and engaging for young boys. Definite recommend for all parents out there who are looking to get their kids off to the right start with reading. Kickstart Reading. Go to kickstartreading.com and use the code DAD to get 65% off right now. That's D-A-D, DAD. See? It works. Kickstartreading.com. Now back to the show. So you, you've got a great tip I just found uh, where you, everybody, a lot of parents tell their kids, I, I love you, but you had a great spin on it. Can you tell everybody what you like to say to your daughters? And I guess you started this when they were young. Yeah, very young. So I, I... I realized, and I would have not have known this had I not had girls. I'll be very honest with you. I would have been unconsciously incompetent to this to this fact, and that is how differently the world sees men than women. And you know, my daughters will be judged based on their looks harder than men. They'll be based on their weight. They'll be the intelligence. Everything will be different. I think, and I, and it's not to say that boys don't have it rough either, because I think they do. I think it's just different, but. One of the things is I knew from an early age that it, the the best thing I can do for my kids is to teach them self-love. And by self-love, you know, it's great. I think it's, you know, I love my kids. I, I, would, I, would, I would give my life for my children. I've, I've never experienced love more than I am as a father. With that being said, it, that love I have for my kids pales in comparison to the love they need to have for themselves. And so most people, I think most parents, and I'm one of those parents, would shower their kids with how much they love them because they want to give them certainty. They want them to know that no matter what, they're going to love them. And I, I, I can't stress the importance of that. But for me, the programming that my kids give themselves is more important than the program I give them. They're going to know I love them by my actions and how I treat them and how I um, raise them and how I program them. But what I've done since from an early age is I'd say, I love you. Tell me why. Now there's people that would look at me and say, well, you shouldn't ask your kids to tell you why you love them. It should just be unconditional. And yes, it's unconditional, but the, the goal of asking them, I'd love you. Tell me why is because they're programming themselves every day. So I say, Madison, I love you. Tell me why. And she'll say, because I'm smart, because I'm beautiful, because I'm a great sister, because I'm a great Christian, because I'm, um, because I'm, I'm a good friend. And every day, three or four times a day, she's hearing her own voice tell herself, I'm smart, I'm beautiful, I'm powerful, I'm, I'm born to be great, like all these things. And so when the world 
ghosts will start to beat the shit out of them. And it's happening now. I can see it. I see it in, in the days where people are um, trying to bring them down. They have this Wonder Woman cape on that they've had on for years that it doesn't penetrate because they've told themselves for years that I, that I am enough, that I am powerful, that I am smart, that I am beautiful. So when somebody from the outside says, you're not smart, you're not beautiful, well, they don't take that on as their own truth because they've been telling themselves for years, several times a day, how great they are. And it's not about ego. It's not, it's not about I'm better than any other human being, but I'm no worse than any other human being, and that's not going to be my truth. So what happens most of the times is you go to your kid and you say, I love you, tell me why. And they, they always find, they'll say, because you're my parent and you have to. Well, what, what, like to me, in my mind, like what kind of, what kind of mindset is that for your child to think that the only reason somebody loves them is because they have to No, we love you because you're an amazing human being, because you're powerful, because you can create so many things. And uh, I'll tell you, do you mind me telling you a really quick story where this came, where this really should. Oh, I love this. I love it. I mean, this is really eye-opening because, I mean, every night you tell your kid, and it almost is, it's like cliche in some ways, right? It's almost like you're saying it out of obligation. Yeah. So it's <laughs> like, I think this is a really... Correct. Good, and they stop, they, stop, they stop hearing it eventually. They literally stop hearing it. And yes, they know they love you. But again, love to me is more of an action than it is a, 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 an emotion. I know it's an emotion in theory, but in, it's really, show me how you love me. Show me how you lead me. And so for me, it's the program that they give themselves. And I'll give you this real quick story is that last year, my kids were getting ready to graduate eighth grade. And one of their so-called friends had created a video of them taking took all their like social media pictures where they had made goofy faces or Snapchat pictures or whatever took, took, and made a montage, a really, really mean montage with like, horrific sayings like overlapping voiceovers on this thing and it was probably about 30 seconds long and they made this video one of their so-called friends and they were passing it around to all these other kids all their other so-called friends they were like sending it by direct message or email or snapchat whatever however they communicate and eventually one of their real friends had said hey listen this girl i won't mention her name this girl you know sent this video to everybody and they and so they sent it to the to my daughter's Madison McKenzie, and their initial reaction was they were hurt because it was it was pretty mean, and they had shown it to me. And as a father, I wanted to go find this kid and throat punch him. Like I was like livid, right? But I'm like, all right, I gotta control myself here. And I said, well, what do you want me to do? What do you want to do? Do you want me to call their parents? Do you want me to call the school? What do you want me to do? And they said, Dad, let us handle it. And I said, okay, but bring me in the loop. Like, how are you going to handle it? They said. We're going to take the video. We have the video now, and we're going to put it on our Instagram page. We're going to put it out. We're going to send it out to everybody. We're going to publish the, we're going to publish the video. And I said, what? And they said, we're going to send it out. Dad, this girl made this video to make fun of us and make us feel less than, make us feel not worthy. But I know that I'm a good person. I know that these things they're saying about me aren't true. I know that she said, so I'm going to take the power away, and I'm going to send it out. And, and I'm literally tearing up as I tell this story. And so they sent it out on their social media channels, on their Instagram stuff. And what they'd wrote, written underneath of it was, we forgive you. They didn't mention the girl's name. They said, we forgive you. You're obviously going through a tough time. We still love you. And, and, and just put the video out. And to me, I'm thinking to myself, like, 
I'm a 45 year old, 45 year old adult that works on mindset and works with people every single day all across the world on how to live a life of fulfillment and how to have strong values and strong. And I don't think that I would have the emotional fortitude to do that. Like, I don't think, I think those words would have, would have cut me. And for them, while it did sting them, the reason it didn't knock them down, the reason they didn't give into it and the reason they didn't allow it to define them was because for, I believe for years, they've been telling themselves such great stories. And, and my biggest fear as a father has always been and will always be not that my kids get involved in drugs, although I think that's a big fear and not that my kids will make bad mistakes. I think they're going to make mistakes. I think, but my biggest fear is they get an abusive into an abusive relationship with themselves that they, that they, not with somebody else, but with themselves where they start believing that they're less than they start believing that they were, they're not worthy of great things. And so, my focus has always been my wife. Her focus is all about grades and education. And she's amazing at it. My focus has always been, and this is the way we've set it up about how they feel about themselves and what is the stories they're telling themselves. So we, this is an exercise we do and it's, and it's worked out. Now, maybe I'm screwing my kids up in 20 years down the road, they'll pay some therapist to tell them how I screwed this up. But for me, my belief is I want them telling themselves powerful stories. I'm saying I, I, truly believe that they were they are strong powerful women that were created to rule the world they just have to believe that and it doesn't matter if i tell them they have to tell themselves for that to be for that to become true you know what i mean i know it sounds sappy but that's my that's my that's my hypothesis that's amazing and you're seeing like the fruits of your words paying off because you know if you're not saying that maybe they're not doing that and yeah that is at how old were yeah. they doing that that 14 they were, they, were thir- they were 13 at the time yeah they're 14 now what a, pr- what a, like, legitimately could be the proudest moment as a dad is to see your kid handle something like yeah. that. Yeah, for me, it was, for me, it was, and, and, it, and, and I'm not, I'm not um, naive enough to think that they're not going to have their struggles. They're not going to fight their own demons and, and go through these bouts of I'm not enough. I see it happening. But the goal, the goal is that they, they wear this Wonder Woman cape that they have around them and that they're able to bring themselves out of it, that they're able to remember how amazing they are. And I think what happens is we try to convince our kids that they're amazing. We tell them they're amazing. We, we shower them with praise. We shower them with love, which is, I, I think is incredible. But, but unless, they sh- unless they learn the power of self-love, like how to, how to love themselves first and foremost, you know, I do I do a lot of training classes, and one of the things I do with adults, 40, 30, 40, 50 year old adults, is I'll I'll have them quickly write down ten things they love, like ten things you love the most in the world, and they'll just do this real quick, like twenty seconds, write down ten things. So, you know, less than one percent of the time, less than one percent of the time, anybody ever writes themselves. Nobody ever writes myself. I love my kids, I love my pets, I love my family, I love my job, I love my career, I love, the, I love my faith, I love very few times ever does anybody write themselves. And so how do you, how do you, how can you possibly love everybody else and everything else if you're not the lead actor in your own movie? Like they need to love themselves first and then everybody else after that. Because that'll provide better. Maybe love. people think it's like egotistical, or they're. But yeah, I've heard that yeah, a lot. I'm like sure. talking about affirmations. I've heard people say they'll literally yeah. look in the mirror and say, "I love myself ten times," and they're like, "That will program your mind." Even if you think it's cheesy, it's like uh, they're like, "It works." Yeah. So 
That's a great. Yeah, the best things in life are cheesy because they're true. Like it, it's just the 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 idea that ego for me, and I think T. Proc Chopra said it was ego stands for edging God out. It's not about God; it's about me. That's true ego. But to believe that you were created anything less than the ability to be great, the ability for a life of abundance and a life of love, that to me, I can't wrap my head around that. I think that we we people lose their way because they, they are so worried. I just finished a book called The Courage to be Disliked. The Courage to be Disliked. Such an amazing book. And it talks about if you truly love yourself and you truly want to live a life of happiness and fulfillment, then you have to be courageous enough to understand that sometimes people aren't going to like you. But it all starts with you loving yourself first. But when we try to, we try to play to everybody else's story and everybody else what they want us to be. We lose ourselves in that. And then we live a life of suffering rather than a life of love and, and abundance. So again, that's my, that's my take on it. Again, I, I, I could, I could be totally screwing up my kids, but for me, see, making sure they love themselves first and, but also realizing that they're not better than any other human being that walks this earth. They're just not worse than any other human being that walks this earth. Oh, these are, this is, it's great and actionable stuff that like literally, literally when my kids come home from school today, we can use. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see, like, what are they going to say? Yeah. What are they going to say? And do they, do they have the courage to say, no, I'm awesome because I'm great because I'm, because I'm a good person because I have good, like to me, like that, it's, it's a telltale sign. And you know, when, if my daughters ever say run out of things to say, about themselves, then they got to dig harder. They got to dig deeper. And I do it with my basketball teams. I coach basketball teams. I'm like, all right, listen, tell me, tell me the first exercise they have to do. The very first exercise that they have to do when they make the AAU team or the travel team is they have to write a paper and they have to write a paper, paper on why they believe they made the team. And it can't be, well, just because I'm a great three point shooter. Here's the, here's because if they don't see themselves as, having the ability to be great, then it doesn't matter what I, how I see them. It only matters how they see themselves. And they, they have to see themselves in that light. And not Marianne Williamson, my daughters have this poster on their wall. They've had it on their wall since, gosh, I, I can't even remember. I'm saying probably five. And they could recite the quote to you. And I won't say the whole quote, but there's a quote in Marianne Williamson's book, Return to Love, that said, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. And it goes into this whole quote that you playing small doesn't serve the world. So they see this quote every day and they know that when they let their light shine, it liberates others to allow them to let their light shine. Like them playing small doesn't serve anybody. So that's the mindset that I'm playing with my kids. Again, not better than the the human being, just not worse. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. You hear that a lot and I don't think everybody really understands it, right? It's like, you're almost more afraid of success in in a lot of these ways, right? Yeah. That applies. So why is that? Why are we afraid of that? Yeah. Because because we're we're we 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 have been we've been told and programmed to to not because we're so afraid of being labeled as ego or or conceited or you know I I, I last year's and I know we're running short on time but last year I had all the girls in the AU program get in a circle and I said all right everybody put your hand up in the air so everybody put your hand up in the air I said put one finger in the air so they all put one finger in the air. I said, on the count of three, I want you to point. Now, here's the situation. There's one second left on the clock. One second left on the clock. We're down by one. There's two foul shots to win the championship. 
on the count of three, I want you to point to the girl that you want to take the foul shot, that you want to take the foul shot. Ready? On the count of three. One, two, three, point. Every single girl that was on that team pointed to somebody else except for one. And the one girl pointed to herself. And I said, why did you point to yourself? I asked her, I said, why did you point to yourself? She said, because I, I was born to take these shots. I'll make these shots. I'll make them. And, and I asked the other girls, and, and the other girl said, well, I wanted to point to myself too. And I said, well, why didn't you? They said, well, that's conceited. I said, do you think you'll, you'd make the shots? Yes. I said, it doesn't mean there's not people that, are, that maybe have a better foul shooting percentage, or, but do you believe you'll make the shots? And every one of them said, yes, I'd make the shots. I said, then why didn't you point to yourself? And their response is because I don't want to be conceited. But every one of them believed they were going to make the shot. And I said, in life, you have to point. You have to be willing to point to yourself first. And what's crazy is I have twins, identical twins. One of them was the one that pointed to themselves. One of them pointed to somebody else. So, so we still have these bouts of, of self-doubt. And so my, my goal is to cure this disease of self-doubt in my children and people I work with. Again, this is what I do for a living, to get them to start believing that they were born to take those shots. You know what I mean? Yeah. So your twin didn't point to the other, didn't point to her sister. She pointed to somebody else. Nope. <laughs> she pointed to somebody else. <laughs> they talk that, about that. that after. Which, which, <laughs> yeah. Which started a whole conversation in the car. <laughs> like, well, if you are going to point to yourself, then why didn't you at least point to me? <laughs> That's good. That reminds me. You're, you're obviously a basketball fan. I heard Chris Bosch interviewed the other day and they asked him if your life was on the line right now and somebody had to make a foul shot to save your life, who would it be? You know who he said? Who did he say? It wasn't himself. I'll tell you that much. Oh, yeah, I was going to say he did say himself because he wasn't. A, he wasn't a great foul. Shooter. He was who pretty was? good, but he picked a he picked a good one. Ray Allen. He said, "Get that oh, guy out there." Yeah, right. Yeah, I think I think I think I would have chose. Uh, I think I would have chose Ray Allen myself. There's a. I have a. I have a friend I do. I do work with. Um, he owns. A, he actually owns a car dealership in uh, West Palm Beach called Bremen Automotives, and his name is Buzz Bremen. And he was the first ever shooting coach of the in the NBA, and he came up last year and did a private coaching day for my for my team. He flew up in for the day, and he he's probably in his late sixties, early seventies, and he still made seventy five free throws in a row. Wow. Never even touched the rim on one of them. Wow. <laughs> can you imagine? Man. Like, can you even like fathom that? Like, I'm seventy five in a row. His, his record, he's once made 96 three-pointers in a row without missing. He's like a hustler. He could be taking guys out there and betting them. Yeah. Amazing. Well, he said he was the shooting coach for the 676ers, and he said that um, he said he would beat any – there's no NBA player in the world that he wouldn't beat in horse. I'm like, how is that true? Like, how is that even possible true? He said, because I'm just going to go to the foul line, and I'm going to make the first one, and I'll just keep making them, and the NBA player is going to miss them. So he can – He's, he can. I'm not going to miss. So he's going to get all the letters. He said he won so much money against NBA players, beat them, beat them all the time. He said MJ included because he would just he would just stay on the foul line and shoot foul shots. I mean, I would watch. You get this reality show scheduled. I would watch that every day. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Steph Curry yeah, versus seventy year old man. Great horse. That would be a great, like a great reality show, like where you bring professional athletes in to play these games of horse. 
I think you and I should pitch this oh to, a, to, a, to a news station. I, I used to live in Vegas. I know some hustlers too that could beat anybody. That you know, they'd come, they'd they'd go play in basketball at midnight, and and they wouldn't miss shots. Yeah, either. I think we got something. All right. I think we're on to something here. So, so if if the my day job doesn't work out, I'm I'm going to become a TV producer with you. Hold Although on. you already got you already got this unbelievably successful podcast. So I don't know if you have time for. Uh, I just want to uh, watch no this. One show. I just want to so. watch this show. That sounds <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Chad, thank you so much. Where can uh, people learn more about what you're up to? So I own a company called Cannonball Moments, which is a uh, training and development company. It specializes in corporate training. I spend a bulk of my time just working with people, how to have a life of fulfillment, both professionally and personally, uh, through the corporate setting. So I work with a lot of companies, do a lot of keynotes. And then I have a a podcast, which uh, I I think you're coming on soon. And it's the Cannonball Mindset, which uh, has been going really, really well. So I've had, you know, the likes of obviously Jesse and Gary Vee and some other pretty amazing people on. So you can find me on the Cannonball Mindset. You can find me on Instagram. But Anybody that follows, I really have a lot of gratitude for. So I think it's just my mom that listens, but I have a ton of gratitude for her for being the one listener. <laughs> mom <laughs> is my biggest fan. Yeah, right? like, like Somebody said the other day, I was out the other day, and they were like, Chad, man, I listen to your podcast. I love them. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're the one. Like, <laughs> dude, I was, I've been looking all over for you. And they were like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I, I knew there was one subscriber, and you were it. And I have somebody that like, gave the person a big hug. <laughs> Chad, you're Chad, you're awesome. I'm so glad we connected, and thanks Jesse for connecting us. Right? Yeah, yeah. He's he's. I would tell that's his superpower. If he 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 says, you know, I think he says his superpower is mindset. His superpower, he's got a lot of it. Is the connector. He, man, I can't tell you how many people I've connected with through Jesse, because that guy, you know, they used to play a game called Seven Degrees of Kevin Bacon. And it's seven, it's really should be seven degrees of, of Jesse Isler because the guy knows everybody, and you can only be that way if you're authentic and real. Because not that many people like you, and he's got seven degrees of everybody, so he does a good job of um, keeping his personal brand intact, which is nothing but authenticity. So, yep, I appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening to the Dad the Best I Can show. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Actually, five stars. We could do better than that. Brooks? Infinity. Infinity stars. Cameron, how many stars? Infinity thousand. Infinity thousand. You got to one-up them in this household. Thanks. See you.